You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you as the Braves open up the weekend in quite some style, offensively speaking. This is one of the games of the year thus far for the Braves, and that's certainly saying something as we hit the halfway point of the season. And Atlanta beat the second-place Miami Marlins by a 16-4 score at Truist Park on a night when Michael Soroka made his first start on his home mound since way back on August 3rd, 2020, picked up his first win in almost four years, and was just one of the many stories that we're going to get into on this episode of the postcast because there were some offensive highlights that uh, 16-4 score might tell you is all baked into this game as well. As always, I want to remind you to subscribe to Lockdown Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Click the bell so you get notified every time we drop a new episode. Go ahead and hit that like button. Uh, make sure you tell a friend. Share a comment with us as well. We appreciate those. Love the feedback and love the conversation about Braves baseball all season long. And I would also suggest you subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast because that is a good place to get Braves discussion all year long. Jake, with all of that out of the way, this was a game for the Atlanta Braves that I feel like if there was some narrative of there being a race in the National League East that might tighten up before the All-Star break, the Miami Marlins were not able to cash in, and the Atlanta Braves were more than up to the task of proving that this June has been no fluke for this offense. It, was, it, it certainly has not been. I mean, what an, a month that it was for this Braves team. And you're right, coming into this, Marlins feeling pretty good and an opportunity to make a statement here, but the Braves just absolutely shut things down right from the get-go, Marlins had a little punch back, but then the Braves just continued uh, to keep punching and punching in this game all the way to a 16-4 victory. Yeah, it's almost like the Braves came out and landed those first few punches, and then when the Marlins got their counter punch in there, it almost like it, it woke the sleeping giant. It made him a little bit more mad, and the Braves' offense came to life for the rest of this game. And, and to say nothing of the fact that both of these teams came in on five-game winning streaks, the Miami club has been one of the surprises of baseball in 2023. And there's a lot of baseball left to be played, but this head-to-head matchup has belonged to the Atlanta Braves, who are now 7-1 and one against Miami with two more games this weekend and then one more series, and that's it for the season set between these two clubs. But putting all that aside, let's jump into side, or inside of the box score. For game number 81, a 16-4 win for the Braves, Marlins 48-35, 13 games over 500, four runs, seven hits, no errors, and five men left on base with the Fish, where the Braves a 54-27 and 27 record now as they reach the mathematical halfway point, 27 games over 500, 16 runs, yes, 16 runs, 15 hits, three errors, and only two men left on base. Michael Soroka picks up the win. He's 1-1 one and one now in the year as he made his third start for the Atlanta club. Brian Honing started things out for the Miami Marlins and was just the first of several, it would appear, sacrificial lambs on this night, unfortunately, for Miami. He's 1-2 and two on the season. They've been pitching some pretty good baseball. The Braves, though, Knocked him around as he takes a loss. Two hours, 30 minutes, time of game, an eight-minute delay with uh, some oddities going on with the lights flickering, and uh, they were able to get that sorted out. We were obviously able to finish the game. 42,320 paid to see it at Truist Park. I'm going to get into the offense. We're going to talk all about the offense. It seems like that's all we've talked about in the month of June, but I got to start with Michael Soroka because this, I think, Jake, was the comeback story, the part of the comeback everyone was looking forward to when he got to get back on his home mound pitch in front of fans in this ballpark for the first time since late 2019 and to pitch the way that he did. I know he ran into a little bit of trouble in the third inning, but otherwise, and from talking to Michael after this game, 
He felt really good about this one, a six-inning, three-run effort, and I feel like he should feel pretty good about this one. Jake, what did you see? I thought he should. I thought he should feel good about it as well. I thought he looked really sharp out of the gate. Those first two innings, he was really locating the fastball sinker on the edges, really nicely. Got a strikeout of a rise to start the game on a changeup. I thought he looked really sharp in those first two innings. That third inning gave up four of the five hits that he allowed in that inning. Left a couple changeups up in the zone. Left a couple sliders over the middle of the zone. They got hit pretty hard, but then I loved how he was able to bounce back after that and continue to pitch. So. Look, is it the Michael Soroka we're used to seeing? No, I still think he has a good ways to go to get there, but this was certainly an encouraging effort from him. I still think the sinker is staying up in the zone a little bit too much. That slider is always there for him, and I thought the four-seam fastball location was really good on this night, and you saw him pumping it up there sometimes, 94, 95. That was good to see as well. Got a strikeout of Garrett Cooper on a fastball at 96, just basically right down the middle, just challenged him and was able to beat him with that four-seamer. Still think the changeups kind of has some work as well. I've mentioned he left a couple of those up. They got hit pretty hard. But, uh, again, for me, I think this is a, another step in the right direction. And I love that he was able to do it here in front of the home crowd. I know I wish when he came back up he would have just stayed and just continued to get better and, and continue to improve. But it's kind of nice that he got sent back down, and now you get the – re-return and you get to do it in front of your home crowd and have a good outing like this one yeah i don't think you can really argue with the fact that you know you're able to go six innings cover the innings is obviously important uh, then you've got the fact that just five hits no walks i mean he did make a couple yeah. mistakes he hung a slider to jorge soler left a change up up uh, as well to jesus sanchez and that ball was absolutely destroyed and i think that after the game and talking to michael about how the outing played out he was really happy as you kind of sized it up with that first time through that lineup for this first couple of innings, feeling like he was really locating, said he got away from it briefly, but they were able to get back on track, and he was able to start executing those pitches, and you saw him continue to throw zeros up on the board, finished with 98 pitches in picking up his first win since way back in September of 2019. It was September the 19th, the last time that he registered a victory. First started Truist Park since August the 3rd, 2020, when he tore his Achilles for the first of two times. What a comeback story it has been for Michael Soroka. And this is a chapter, again, to go back to that, that everyone wanted to see written, and you wanted to see it written in this fashion, where he ends up getting that ovation, settling in on his home mound, getting a whole bunch of run support, recording that win, and now moving forward, like you said, to continue to get better each and every time out. And he's going to have another one here before the All-Star break. Uh, as far as the offense is concerned, this was uh, obviously a headline of the night when you score 16 runs. Let's go ahead and start out with Matt Olson, who finished a double shy of the cycle. Yes, Matt Olson hit a triple in this game. Everybody had a little bit of fun with that. Matt kind of chuckled about it afterwards as well, because this don't happen too often. Uh, he did not settle for a double. He instead added a second home run. That'll certainly play. Two homers, five runs batted in. The triple, a single as well, which knocked in a run. Fourth multi-homer game this year. 11 home runs in the month of June, Jake, and now 28 on the season, just shy of Shohei Otani tops in baseball in the home runs and leading all of baseball in RBI as of like, the game wrapping up. I know some things could change with the, the late games and the final results, but Matt Olson certainly making a statement here in the month of June that he is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the middle of this Atlanta lineup. He certainly is. And look, the home runs he's putting up, I mean, yeah, nobody else really doing it right now is as great as Matt Olson, except for Shohei Otani, which we've mentioned is just in another level of his own. But I mean, just the, the power that he's bringing, especially since getting moved down and the order. And we talked about it the other day as well. He's really taken off there and originally the five hole, but now moving into that four hole as well, where he's just 
really done a great job driving in runs, hitting home runs in bunches. His OPS is up to 924 now. Uh, I mean, it's just – it's really remarkable what he's doing. And uh, I think, you know, obviously you got to give some credit to Snicker for putting him down in the order there and uh, allowing Matt Olson to just kind of use that power and that RBI potential that he has, all the extra bases. Yeah. Now add triples into the mix with what he's doing. I mean, this is a, a complete offensive talent here we're talking about. So, yeah, Haiti didn't get to finish it off with the double for the cycle there, but I think he'll take two home runs. Yeah, if you got to sacrifice one of them, the second home run in the game is a pretty good way to go. I don't know if we can get into triples, plural, just yet for Matt Olson in terms of expecting a bunch of those to start piling up. But he'll take all these home runs, these extra base hits. As you mentioned, the RBI are starting to pile up for him as well. He's a run producer, and he's in a run-producing spot in the best lineup in Major League Baseball. And if you don't believe me, just go look at the top of the leaderboards for teams, offensively speaking. It is the Braves, and in a lot of categories, including OPS, home runs, uh, there's a lot of gap between the second team uh, running up behind the Braves trying to catch them, and a lot of clubs are going to have to spend, uh, I think, a good amount of time in the final 81 games to do just that. Atlanta hit six home runs in this game, two for Matt Olson. I mentioned he's got 28, one in the first inning, another in the fifth. Eddie Rosario also homered in the first, his 14th. Austin Riley hit his 15th home run of the year in the third inning. It was the 14th homer for Sean Murphy that came in the sixth, and then the coup de grace, as they say, Home run number 20 for Ronald Acuna Jr. That came in the seventh. Um, Again, just mentioned a whole bunch of names, and we can talk about all of them. But for Acuna, two for three, a walk, also hit by a pitch. The home run gives him 20 on the year. He's got 37 stolen bases, swiped another one on Friday night against Miami. That matches his career high that he set in 2019. He's already in the 2020 club, Jake, with 2020 and then some club, I guess is what I'm calling it. And he's halfway to this 40-40 thing that he wanted to do and has wanted to do for a while, just mathematically speaking. And he may not stop there. He may end up with a season the likes of which that nobody has seen. He's on pace for 100-plus RBI as well. Throw that in with 145 run pace. I don't know what this is going to look like at the end, Jake, but I think a lot of people that uh, cheer for the Atlanta Braves and uh, play for the Atlanta Braves are going to like this stat line a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm excited for the sec- second half of Ron Acuna Jr. Uh, but, I mean, to get to the mathematical halfway point of the year, you already got 20 homers. You're already approaching 40 stolen bases. I mean, we're talking about a 20-40 season by the All-Star break. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's just incredible what he's doing right now. We know getting on base to start of the game yet again, coming around to score. I mean, been doing that all year long. It's just – it's a table setter, and I know – I think there are still some people out there who maybe want to see him move out of that leadoff spot. I don't know how you do that. It's just he's it's a an yeah. immediate offensive explosion right from the beginning. Every team, every starting pitcher on their heels right out of the gate, especially when he gets on base with that speed. So uh, again, we talk about him every postcast because he's doing something almost every mm-hmm. game to help you win a game. So I uh, love obviously what Ronald's doing. Looking forward to the second half. Yeah, if you're still out there thinking that Ronald needs to be hitting anywhere else in that lineup, I'd invite you to go ahead and log off and kindly not share that because I don't think that that really has a leg to stand on at this point when you consider there are plenty of other people that can bat second, third, fourth, fifth in this lineup. You don't want to take Ron Lacuna Jr. out of the spot in which he can make such an impact with his speed, with his power, with his on-base skills. He's the best player on the team. He may be the best player in at least the National League, if not all of baseball. Get him all the at-bats and all the plate appearances you can. That comes in the leadoff spot. Just want to get that off my chest there. Uh, Austin Riley also had a homer and three hits in this game. Uh, He was a triple shy of the cycle. That one, though, a little bit hard to get. How about the all-star Sean Murphy with a couple of hits, including a home run, three runs knocked in for him. 
uh, all of this came up Braves as the month of June really came up Braves uh, as well. 21 and four, the Braves close out this month. Best record in Major League Baseball, tied the franchise single month uh, wins total. 61 home runs for the Braves after there's six more to close out June. That sets a National League record for most home runs in a single month in a season. That's pretty incredible. And they're on pace for 306 home runs, Jake. I would like to tell you that this Braves offense, you know, it it it, it can do a lot of things. These paces are great. They may not get to all of them, but if you're not paying attention to what this club is doing in the in all of baseball, just the overall depth of this lineup and the pitching staff being able to hold things together with some reinforcements perhaps coming, this is lining up, I think, to be a pretty special season for Atlanta just based on what they've shown in the month of June and of course, the last five years have had some successes sprinkled in there, and they'd like to have some more of that. They certainly would. I mean, these these months of June that they're having, particularly the last two years, is just incredible. I don't know that you can expect them to win 21 games every month or every June, but it certainly is fun when it happens. And you're seeing almost every night just this Braves team do something we either haven't seen before or something that hasn't been done in a really long time. I like the stat that I saw. I think I saw it come from Mark Bowman where it says this is now the eighth time the Braves have had a five-homer game. No other team in baseball has more than three this year. The Braves have done it three times alone against the Marlins. I mean, it is just incredible what this Braves team is doing from a power standpoint. Obviously, from a winning standpoint, a 21-forward month is just incredible on its own. But it's fun. I I like Peter Moylan after the game just said he he doesn't know they've ever been more had more fun just watching a team in the atmosphere around the stadium. They're sold out almost every night, and then they put on a show just about every night, especially in that ballpark. Yeah, this has been quite a show. That is most certainly the case. We'll talk a little bit about Saturday Game 2 of the series after I let you know about one of our great sponsors. This episode of the Braves Postcast brought to you by Game Time, which is the place for last-minute ticket deals because you can forget about planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event with exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, uh, whatever it is you're looking for, theater. Game Time has got you covered just about everywhere else, and they have that Game Time guarantee, which means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section row for less, Game Time credits you 110% of the difference. Snag those tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed, of course, terms apply as well. As far as the Braves, they haven't had too many terms that they, we haven't liked in the month of June, but we're about to step into uncharted territory in 2023, Turning the calendar to the month of July. It's game two against the Marlins. Charlie Morton on the mound for Atlanta. Erie Perez, our first look at the young phenom from Miami. One of the big reasons for their success thus far this year. Intriguing pitching matchup of two pitchers at very different points in their career. Yeah, it should be a good one. I'm looking forward to seeing Yuri Perez. Maybe I won't say that after the game on Saturday, watching him pitch, but uh, really looking forward to seeing him. Good young pitcher over there. Braves obviously didn't get the Marlins' best shot on Friday. They're a, a good ball team, ball club. They've been playing really good baseball. Yep. I think they're, they're probably looking forward to flipping, turning the page uh, and getting back after it on Saturday. For Charlie Morton, I need to see him have a good outing. It's been kind of up and down. It's been a lot of inconsistency, kind of more of like we saw from Charlie Morton last year, but I still believe he's capable. I still think it's in there for him to, to put together a good start. would love to see him do that. Braves go ahead and wrap up this series, get another series win, get July off on the right foot as well, maybe get another 21 wins this month. Yeah, would be happy to do it. The Braves got those 21 wins in 25 games in the month of June. So if you're looking at July, even with the All-Star break, you can't rule it out. 
Morton, seven and six on the year, looking for win number eight. He's got a 381 ERA. Perez, meanwhile, five and one with a 134. Again, he has been terrific. The Marlins felt like at age 20, he's ready to come up and contribute, and he has most certainly done that. First pitch is set for 4.10 p.m. Eastern time at Truist Park. Game two of the three-game set between the Braves and the Marlins. That'll wrap us up on this edition of the Braves postcast. We appreciate you as always riding along with us. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube. Enable the alert so you get notified when we drop a new episode. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, the Braves and Michael Soroka's return to Truist Park. He picks up the win as the Braves grab a 16-4 victory over the Marlins to start the 4th of July weekend. We hope you will enjoy that weekend safely, responsibly. Have a little bit of fun. Mix in a little bit of baseball. We're certainly going to do all those things. Uh, for Jake Mastroianni, I'm Grant McCauley. We will catch you next time on the Braves Postcast. And until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 